0: Welcome to Singing the Blues I'm Don Housen. and I'm James Marriott and um, it's our final podcast of 2020 I think we would all like to to say good riddance to this year for many, many reasons. But let me start by wishing you a very happy new year from us two and from our friends and sponsors at Wednesday Picks and at Title Law Solicitors. Um, we've only got one game to talk about, although plenty of other things to uh, to talk about. So the Blackburn game, um, I mean, be- beforehand, in terms of team news, probably the biggest surprise, the return of uh, Moses Odebagio. Now, we didn't really talk about forest gate and that whole incident in the uh last podcast and um it, it's kind of like it's f- it's kind of something and nothing although it, i mean it was a, a really stupid stupid thing for for someone to um to do but i was i was a little bit surprised because i thought that's the kind of thing that tony Peelish is not going to like so i was a bit surprised to see him come back in but we're so limited with choices
1: I wasn't surprised for that reason, James, that they have yeah. so few options out wide that um, I sort of half expected it really and I wasn't um, stunned by the approach I expected Wednesday to really line up and play in that manner. 5-4-1, wasn't it? Um, similar to how they went about the business at Norwich. Um, and to a point, I understand... Um, why they're going like that when away from home? You look at it now; it's eight matches from out to win. You know, it's got they've gone over two months and they've lost six of them. So you're you're trying to get back to basics and keep a clean sheet. Uh, and I would have taken. I want to just start by saying I would have taken a point from Blackburn um, if you'd offered it me um, before the match, uh, and and it's still a good point, especially with the way some of the results and the teams that were down at the bottom who were in action, you know, the way the results went, it wasn't a bad point for Wednesday. But, you know, know, it's taken an Adam Reach Worldie and that was the only shot on target again. Um, And that, in the first half, it it was attack versus defence. And with respect, it's, it's Blackburn. You know, they're, they're, they're in the top half of the championship. But the only way Wednesday are going to get out of the situation they're in is by stringing a few wins and results together. And, and I, I just think that it's too negative. It really is. It's it's too passive. And then when you've got Josh Windass playing as your lone forward, and Wednesday play like they did in that first half of where they don't they don't get enough support up and around him he was too isolated um he wasn't holding the ball up and making it stick well enough either um but is that is that his game probably not and so that's where I'm frustrated really that you know Wednesday went in actually in a good place at half time and then in the second half I thought they had more of a go of it but I just don't think they're getting the balance right for me at all, really, between attack and defence.
0: I mean, the 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 killer stat in all those is is one shot on target, one goal, isn't it? And and you know, while ever that's the the style of football that that you're uh, playing, then you're going to struggle to win games away from home if you're only going to get one shot on target, even if you score it, you're going to struggle. Um, I mean, let's talk about the Adam Reach goal because um, it's been a while since we've seen uh, a Reach worldly um, cracking goal. Very, very good. Slightly muted celebration. Do you read anything into that?
1: I don't know really what to make of it. It was it was very sort of strange, wasn't it? Um, and I, I I don't know. Um, I, I I don't know the reasons behind why it was so muted. The celebration really subdued, wasn't he? Um, I don't know. Um, but what I do know is that I think Adam Reach is one of those who he has been a plus point for Wednesday since Tony Pierce has come in. I yeah. do think that um, you know we've now seen him score a couple of goals, and I think that you know when you are talking and looking for positives and players who've been bright and looking to make things happen, you know Adam Reach definitely falls into that category, which is why it would be another blow to Wednesday if now that he's got a hamstring injury, if he's out for a number of weeks. Um, and you look at how limited Wednesday's options are out wide, anyway. <laughs> yeah, there's only two more matches to go until the transfer window, but that's assuming Wednesday've got somebody lined up and ready to come in straight away. So, um, it that you know that would be, you know, pre, uh, yeah, pretty damaging, really, wouldn't it, to Wednesday with the form that Adam Reach is starting to show? And what I will say is that Wednesday in that second half with Windass when he fired over and then Reach also shot wide. You know, that was when they did actually have a good spell of play where they should have got the second. But that has been the problem under Tony Pewis in the the 10 matches. That's five times now they've dropped points from winning positions. Uh, You know, and you're talking over double-figure points they could have had on board. If they even got half of those, they wouldn't be in the relegation zone right now. So it's that, inability to find a second goal to kill teams off and then to close games out. And they haven't... And this is it, you know, for pewish ball, what we expected, James, wasn't it? It was clean sheets and for them to be defensively strong. Well, actually, that hasn't materialised either. I think mean, it's 10... In the 10 matches, it's two clean sheets. So you're not getting them efficient at either end of the pitch. And that's what's got to change quickly if Wednesday are going to get out of the predicament they're in.
0: I... I I mean, ten ten games, and obviously, you know, we've had plenty of injury problems, but you you start to think around the 10 game mark, is it is that a fair time to now start kind of taking stock of what's happening with Tony Peel? Because it's it's really not going how I thought it would go. You know, I thought Tony Peel is coming in is gonna mean, yeah, the football's gonna get unattractive, but he's gonna grind out results and he's gonna find a system that works with these players. And I'm. I'm not really seeing results. All right, you know, a win and a draw in the last couple is way better than where we were before that. There's no doubt about that. And you'd have to say that you know this is this is you know in form considering how the last few weeks and months have gone. But um, I'm you know th- there doesn't seem to be uh, a style emerging. Doesn't seem to be like a personality of this team. I'm not seeing this kind of like fight to grind results out i mean the goal that wednesday conceded against blackburn he just waltz straight through pretty much the entire team like that's a really bad goal to concede and it's not the kind of goal that you would associate with you know a a proper Tony pulis team that's just like well you just stop him doesn't matter how you do it um and it's bugging me a little bit it's worrying me a little bit that i'm just not seeing what i kind of expected that we would see from uh tony pulis team like you know we're not we're not really any better off we're probably what slightly further behind than when tony pulis came in uh, it, it's, it's it's really well, difficult well, isn't it to be anything other than a bit meh about the impact Tony well, pulis the has had. nothing nothing's yeah. happened
1: it, was it one win i think from four draws I I think that if Gary Monk had been in charge, I think Gary Monk would have got more points from these ten matches. I would have I would have backed him to have probably got a couple of wins at least from this run of fixtures. Admittedly, he had a tough start with you know Swansea away and Norwich and Reading at home, so we we you know you you cut him slack for the opening sort of four or five matches, but then it's losing at Huddersfield, losing at Forest, losing at home to Barnsley. And and yeah, 10 matches is a small sample size. But what we've learned is this, isn't it really, James, that he doesn't fancy any of the fringe players or some of the youngsters that Gary Monk was prepared to give a go. So you're looking at Azazio Regidi, Alex Hunt, Fizod Ali Bashiru and Matt Penny. Barely any of them are featured. Um, and they've only really, you know, it, it's because of the size of benches now that you're allowed to have nine, I think mean, that's really the only reason some of them are on the bench. I don't think if if it was down to five or seven, would they even be getting in the match day squads? I'm not convinced they would be. If you had better, or you know, if you had other alternatives um, and players to go with, especially in attacking areas, um, yeah. So I don't want to be sort of coming across as overly critical and. and and really, really worried at this stage, especially when Wednesday, actually, they closed the gap, didn't they, to three points. So they're still not a million miles away from getting out. And you you look at it and you think, if Wednesday do actually bring two or three players in who can make a difference in January, but they've got to come in and make an instant impact, um, then before you know it, win a few matches in a row, which Wednesday, by the way, they haven't done in over a year, in over a year since they've won back to back matches. Um then before we know it, Wednesday could be out of the relegation zone very quickly. But then those teams above them in what Derby and Rotherham, I know they've still got to play each other. They've still they've got games in hand. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it's 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 one of those, isn't it really? That things could change very quickly. But um yeah the style of play it it, it really isn't pleasing on the eye. At all, um, I have to say, uh, especially when you're not winning, um, it, it's hard to really um, defend it at times when it's it's ultra cautious and ultra negative. Um, and uh, you know, I, I'm watching it in the ground, and that's what I'm thinking. And I'm sure supporters watching at home on iFollow, a lot of them out there, will be thinking exactly the same.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty. It's pretty depressing to to watch. Um, I mean, we know, and we we you know, we touched on last week the fact that clearly there's other stuff going on at the football club at the moment. You know, there's all kinds of rumours knocking around about Tony Pulis himself. Um, we know there's issues with the players getting paid, and that potentially still rolling on. Um, I, I wondered if you know Adam Reach not celebrating was actually just a bit of a symptom of the fact that you know everything's a bit miserable around the place at at the moment and you know there isn't a great deal for them to kind of really celebrate but it's it's hard to see well where does that cycle break because you know now the question mark is is there about whether or not you know are we going to be able to bring anyone in in January it seems you know clear as mud really as to what what the situation is going to be whether or not there's money to spend whether there isn't money to spend um you know we don't really know what the situation is with regards to the FFP situation it's kind of like you assume at the moment it's a bit of a free hit it doesn't really matter you are probably be able to you know get away with um stuff but I think the fact that you know there's current players not getting paid doesn't exactly inspire yeah. you that we're going to be able to kind of summon up some kind of miracle and, and like a mini revolution in in January to, to turn this round. But that, uh, James, that's
1: what's got to be resolved hasn't it this month. The players, that's got to be dealt with. They, you know, their outstanding wages and money for November and then this month, yeah. it has to be dealt with this month. That has to be nipped in the bud straight away before we get to January and then but, when we're in January, yeah, you're right, we, we don't know in terms of This is it. It's it's the budget, and um, we're still waiting for the accounts, and so we still don't know what sort of wriggle room Wednesday going to have, um, or you know, when it comes to you know financially what the state of play is right now, and then what, like what you were just saying, what money they're going to have available in January. I can't see them spending. Don't expect them to be spending. I don't think like millions on players or or paying out big fees, and that's what's got them in the the, the trouble and the mess that they're in right now. So that's not going to happen. You know, they've still got a couple of loans to play with. I I tell you, I mean, you know, what's going to be interesting is, you know, Jack Marriott. I can't see him returning. So if Darby say recalled him, um, then that frees up a loan. But there's no, and there's no point in Wednesday getting you know they've only got two loan spots available when you can only have five in a match day squad, so if it's loans that they're largely relying on, they could have a decision to make in that you know they'll be hoping maybe Marriott stays at Derby so that frees up a space, and what do they do with Izzy Brown? Like Chelsea can't be happy right now at the lack of game time he's getting, um, and and so I don't know what the agreement is. But you know Chelsea be looking at that. You know you can't imagine that the player himself is going to be happy. You know at how little game time he's getting, um, so they might be reassessing and reviewing that um, come January. Uh, but then that would at least mean that if it's went if it's loans that Wednesday are largely relying on, then it it frees up some space, doesn't it? There rather than permanent buys. You know I don't think we're going to be seeing lots of permanent buys in January. That's for sure. And January is a notoriously difficult market to operate in, as we've spoken about before. I think, I mean, two
0: things from that. Firstly, you're right in terms of the player situation, in terms of wages need to clearing up. But I think we also need an explanation. We need to understand what's going on with with this, because you know that that's kind of not it's not it doesn't fit in does it with this kind of image of Sheffield Wednesday being you know a cash rich club and the problem is ffp is crippling and and we're not able to spend anything yeah i know obviously you know since march it's been a very different situation but we kind of need a little bit of insight into to that so i think there's pressure on the club there not just to sort that situation out but to show a little bit of transparency and and start giving us a bit of indication as to what actually is the situation you know what what barriers are we dealing with right now. Um, The other thing is, you're right, in terms of Izzy Brown's not playing, he's not going to be happy, Chelsea aren't going to be happy. I mean, I don't think there's many fans that are happy with the fact that Izzy Brown sat on the Bench, you kind of think it's it's a bit pointless. So yeah, you sort of think, all right, maybe he goes back. But then you think, you know, are there are there genuine for a team that's second bottom of the championship? Are there genuinely going to be better loans available than someone like Izzy Brown, who last year had one of the better records in terms of setting up goals in, at this at this level for a team that wasn't a particularly great team? Like I, I just don't understand the logic in Tony Pulis thinking. Yeah, you know, ship him off back. He's not got a future here. And then you know, who who does come in? I, 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 I'm I just I'm struggling with that. I don't understand. And this is what I mean about the fact that 10 games in, I'm struggling a bit with the Tony Pulis era because I don't really understand what he's trying to create. It just feels like it's becoming a, more and more of a mess rather than a clearer picture about the style of football and things like that. And of course, it's not getting results, which makes the whole thing way more frustrating. So it, it just seems daft to me. What, what is the point in us sending Izzy Brown back to bring in a player that's probably not going to be as good?
1: Well, all I'm seeing right now is it, it's a grind, and that that's that seems to be it. The Wednesday, they're setting up to try and sneak one nil wins, but they're not managing that. That yeah, and and really, I mean, the only way I saw them scoring, especially in that first half of Blackburn, was it was going to take a wonder goal, or it was going to come from a set piece. That was it. I couldn't see them scoring f- from. A, Open play, other than through a wonder goal, and I think that's quite damning. Of you know, when you look at it, I do still think there's, there's, there are some decent technical players in there. Um, who I, I think you know, that when especially when you look at the ball retention, possession stats, you know, to, for them to be so down and to allow Blackburn to dictate and dominate the ball, you know, I, I find that frustrating, really, when you look at. You've got Izzy Brown there. I know there's no Massimo Luongo at the moment, but you know, Barry Bannon, Adam Reach, you know, there are players there who can handle the ball and can look after it in tight areas. Um, and, you, and so, actually, um, you're not giving them the license to express themselves, you, you're wanting them to sit in, soak up the pressure. You know, from your opponents and then look to play on the counter-attack. So are you playing to their strengths? You would argue right now that they're not and they're not getting the results. And the other thing going back to Izzy Brown, James, is that when Izzy Brown is getting on, he's just being shoved up front. That's, again. That's not where Izzy Brown is suited to playing. You know, he's not as a, a number nine, is he? You know, he's a number. He's a number ten, or he's, he's a ball playing midfielder guy who can create things, and, and he's only getting five, ten minutes here and there to try and make an impact. And so, you'd have to say right now that it would appear that he doesn't fit in with the system and the way that Tony Pierce wants to play, and that. Um, he's not a Tony Pulis player, and and so yeah, you know the big question marks over what Wednesday, what happens with Izzy Brown, I think, going into the new year. Uh, but he's not the only one.
0: Yeah, and and obviously, you know, rumor mill kind of starting to get going in terms of potential incomings. Um, an old name that is. Uh, <laughs> that is is back within those uh back within those circles that of Sam Hutchinson who has left his club in where was he was it Greece or Cyprus can't remember Cyprus um, Cyprus so um he um managed was it 6 or 7 games something like that he got a cracking red card i think in one of his first games which was uh, the most Sam Hutchinson thing uh, ever um and yeah lots of talk about potentially him coming back so um i've got to ask you what you know about it but um also whether or not i mean he is a very Tony Pulis kind of player. Tony Pulis has talked about him um, long before his contract was terminated at his uh, at his club. So it's quite easy to put two and two together there. And you would think he is the kind of player that would suit what Tony Pulis is, is trying to do. But I have real mixed feelings about it because it also feels like a chapter that kind of closed for a, a reason. Um, and if... To, to try and save our season, if we wanted if what we could try and do is just rewind the clock by a couple of years to players that you know didn't didn't really get us anywhere in the first place, just I, I, I'm struggling to see that actually as being a solution.
1: Let's get Atiyanu back. Let's get Ross Wallace back. Let's try and recreate 2016 all over again, James. You know, get the band. I did back. see
0: someone tweet the other day saying yeah. Ross Wallace is without a club.
1: He is, yeah, yeah. I think he was actually doing some commentary work on the Preston um, Wednesday match last month. I think uh, for Pewis' <laughs> first match, so yeah, bumped into him there. But uh yeah, no, I'm with you, really, James. In that, it's it's one of those where you know Wednesday they're looking at that situation now that he's a free agent, that makes it more attractive. But yeah, you know, it's the financial package as much as anything uh, right now that. Um, certainly if Sam Hutchinson was to return to Wednesday, it's hard to imagine that he's going to be on similar wages to what he was on before um, with the situation that Wednesday in right now. So um, I think there's a lot of hurdles that would have to be overcome. Um, and, you know, we've already discussed the, the wages issue that has to be resolved very, very quickly. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I look at it from the footballing side. And it's concerning that you know, it looks like Massimo Luongo. He's not going to be available for a number of weeks. Um, and he was essentially rushed back. That's what Tony Poulos has said. He came back too soon, mm-hmm. and and so Wednesday are going to end up with him missing what ten to twelve matches on the spin, which is a big chunk of a period. You know, for such a key player, and who you know who, who you know we saw in the first half of the season, probably the standout player, um. And so no, Hutchinson, the footballer, right now, personality, bit of leadership in the in midfield as a stopgap until the end of the season. I'm not against it, but why you? I I, I feel the same in that it, it it's just one of those where it's it sort of smacks a little bit, doesn't it, of desperation really. But Wednesday feel as if they've got to get a defensive midfielder in. Um, and Sam Hutchinson, who by the way hasn't played that much for Pathos, I think it's what only half, less than half a dozen times, and, he, and like you say, he got sent off in a game too. So, you know, what sort of shape is he going to be in? Right, you know, is Sam Hutchinson, and we all know about his injury track record. He's going to struggle to play three games in a week, but you know how is he fit enough to straight away come in and play an hour, seventy minutes, do a job for the team that Wednesday need right now? Um, the, Lots and lots of question marks um, over that one, but we know that Pulis wants a central midfielder. Um, and, and when he referenced Sam Hutchinson, I think he was talking about Liam Shaw and the you know, the possibility of him maybe, you know, playing that role um, as the midfield anchorman. But I don't think he is that. And by the way, as a side note, on Liam Shaw, I thought that was a bit of a turning point um, at Blackburn when Joe Swan Aiken, who I thought had a pretty solid game. When he went off, Liam Shaw had to move in at centre half, and I thought he had a—he he, was run ragged. I thought he had a bit of a nightmare when he came on, and I thought that was a little bit of the turning point. I'm not saying it cost Wednesday the three points that, but he certainly wasn't comfortable at centre half. Um, so no, but I think yeah, you know, Wednesday—if they're very concerned about Massimo Loongo—and I think they really are—that they don't know when he's going to be available, and we know how influential he is, they've got to bring somebody in. And so I, I'm, not, I'm not against a Sam Hutchinson deal, but, it, but it's but it got to be right for the football club. And, it, and it clearly, you know, he's 31, it's not a long-term move, is it?
0: No, you're right, it's, it's to the end of the season, isn't it? But this this short-termism we've talked about before, we can't just keep doing this. Like There has to be a point that we draw a line under it and realise it's not working. But I'm, I'm not going to go on another rant. What I would say about Sam Hutchinson from a positive point of view, um, is that this is very much a team and a squad that's lacking leadership, isn't it? And, you know, we we know the role that Sam Hutchinson had in the dressing room. You know, he, he was very, very important. Um, similarly, you know, Ati Nui, you mentioned, we know that he was very important in the dressing room. So to lose both those characters, uh, there, there isn't, we don't see a spirit to this team, do we? There isn't a spirit to this squad. Yeah. It's just not that kind of group of players. So maybe... Um, uh, Tony Pulis is seeing Sam Hutchinson's role being a little bit more important if he comes in than actually just what he does on the pitch maybe he really feels like he needs that kind of player around the place and that kind of character around the dressing room to to start kind of bringing in this this lack of or correcting this lack of personality that we have around Sheffield Wednesday right now which you know we've talked about a couple of times in this in this podcast but James yeah, we'll, I can't we'll, we'll get see.
1: I can't get away from he knew you would actually be perfect right now in this Wednesday team and the, and the style that Tony Peirish wants to go about is business and I think that, that's got to be the sort of target man and, and player that has to come in in January I really do That I think that they actually they, that's that physicality up front um, you know you know, he doesn't think that Callum Patterson is that centre forward and we've seen him he's, he's been dropped back into midfield um, and, so, and yeah Josh Windass I, you know I don't think that's tailor made for him at all, as you know. As we said before, so I think that that's really badly what Wednesday need. They do. They need a focal point up front, um, and it is, it is ironic, isn't it, that Ati Niu, if he was still here, I, I think that Tony Pulis would certainly be using him and would think that actually, you know, that's 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 a guy that you could, um, you know, help you get up the pitch and and then get runners, you know, in and around him.
0: So, we've got um, one more game to go this year. Uh, Middlesbrough on, I, I've got no idea where we are in terms of days. I think it's Tuesday night. That might be tomorrow. I don't know. I've, I've lost track of stuff like that. So, um, Middlesbrough, final game of 2020. I mean, 2020 has been a horrendous year for a lot of different reasons. But for Sheffield Wednesday, in terms of a calendar year, I mean, there aren't many worse, really. You know, we were third in the league on Boxing Day last year year it's been you know disastrously awful this year it it would just be nice when it's at least sign off with a win um so yeah Middlesbrough to come and then Derby on New Year's Day which really is a six-pointer um and got it's 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 it's, we've stuck record here again because it's got to be a couple of results it's got to be at least four points from those two games
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It has to be minimum four points. And it's going to be tough. Middlesbrough, they're on a good run. It's Neil Warnock. Um, We all know uh, how good he is at this level. And they've won three on the bounce. Um, They've not actually been great away from home. Um, And it will be interesting that they haven't played since the 19th. So they're going to be nice and fresh. Because their game, I think, with Rotherham uh, was called off um, due to a positive covid test and um, they've had a really long period to sort of yeah rest put the feet up um but then yeah you know, who knows you know um if wednesday come out of the out of the, the traps really quickly um then they could catch them cold cold and i i still look at you know the middlesbrough team you know i actually think that you know neil warnock is overachieving really with you know when you look at the individuals they've got yeah you know they've got um some a few decent attacking players and some longer, you know we know that he's capable of scoring 10 15 goals a season and has done alright against Wednesday in the past Lewis wings not a bad player you know what mores come in and scored a few goals from midfield you know he's been a really astute signing uh, you know and Middlesbrough are going to be there or thereabouts aren't they you know they're pushing for the playoffs um their away form isn't great um, and so you no know, Wednesday Again, with a uh, injury-hit squad, if there's no Adam Reach, no Joseph Van Aken, there's already what another seven players I think missing. On top of that, Kadeem Harris has got to come back into the team, um, whether he's 100% fit or not. Um, I, I don't think they've got any other option. Maybe we'll see Liam Shaw in midfield, but um, it's really tough. Uh, and then, yeah, you know, to play these two home matches in four days. Yeah, you know, it's it's going to be a big ass for Wednesday. But, you know, and they can't rotate the squad too much, um, as we know, as they're light in areas. And so, yeah, they've just got to somehow get some points on the board. And the two unbeaten, James, let's cling to that.
0: Well, yeah, that's, that's a positive. It's actually, um, I was just looking at the league table then. It's Christmas now. We're allowed to do that. Um, and, and it's actually, it's entirely possible for Wednesday to finish the year outside of the bottom three. It needs a few results to kind of go Wednesday's way tomorrow, but it, it could actually end up whereby New Year's Day, we are fourth from bottom. Um, and that psychologically would be such a boost. Um, it is a little unlikely, but you know all we can do is go and beat um, Middlesbrough i uh, that sound so simple. Um, Derby on New Year's Day, I mean, this, this is just absolutely huge, isn't it? They lost again, didn't they, The uh, on Boxing Day, lost to, at home to Preston. So, you know, that little kind of recovery they had, there's a bit of a wobble there again now. This is huge, isn't it? And, it? and it feels like proper defining in terms of, you know, if Wednesday lose at home to Derby on New Year's Day, you just kind of think, you know, 2021 is starting very much in the same manner that 2020 has has kind of gone. And you start to feel like, well, that's it. There's just there's no getting out of it when you're losing those kind of games at, at home. So this is a proper humdinger of a match, this.
1: Well, only Derby have scored fewer goals in the league than Wednesday this season. So <laughs> let's not expect a, a thriller on New Year's Day. I, 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 <laughs> for all, for all. Yeah, well, that that would be something, wouldn't it? Uh, it? But it would not be a result that either team need right now. They, they both need a win um, badly, don't they? In the situation that they, you know, they find themselves in. So um, yeah, um, you know, Wednesday, they, we've heard Tony Puse talk about Hillsborough trying to turn it into a bit of a fortress and to start picking up more points at home. And they've got to. And I think the record against the teams down at the bottom, it's been hopeless so far this season. It's got to change. It has to change. Um, And I wouldn't go as far to say the the next two are season-defining or anything like that, James. There is still a long way to go. But when you think that Wednesday have got 13 points on the board and realistically what we're coming up to, I think the halfway stage in the season, they're going to need to win... Uh, at you know ten or eleven games, you know you're talking nearly promotion form here, uh, and and so it is it's, it's it, the challenge. It just gets bigger and bigger, and the pressure will mount if they, they they can't at least get a win from one of these next two home matches. That's for sure.
0: I, I'm I'm going to slightly disagree with you there in terms of the fact that I I think it is season defining. I think that that you know I, I, we. The problem is, we've had these moments. We've had season-defining runs of games this this year, and none of them have gone the way that we wanted to. And I fear that the season is already defined. But for me, this is like if if it's, if if this next couple of games uh, again doesn't go Wednesday's way, and you know that that is a minimum of four points. I really just the chips are well and truly down. I can't. I just can't see it turning round. But. Yeah, until it's mathematically know. impossible, you can't yeah. you can't give up on yeah. it, can you? But it does it does that that derby game on New Year's Day it feels like a season defined. You know, it's the first game of the year. Everything about it just feels set up that we are. You know, by by whatever time it's a half five kickoff, isn't it? So by like half seven on on Friday night, we will we will know what kind of season Sheffield Wednesday are having. I, I
1: w- just wouldn't go as far to say that in that. I look at January is enormous for Wednesday with the business they've got to do. But then you look at the other matches to come after Derby. It's Wickham at home and Coventry away. So if Wednesday aren't winning two out of the three matches and you include Derby in that run, they're in big, big trouble. So that's why I don't. I wouldn't quite say that over this festive period, the next two, that, yeah, you know, I, I certainly think that Derby would fall into the category of it's a must not lose. You don't lose, They can't afford to lose to Derby, um, or again, they're just leaving themselves with so much work to do in the second half of the season, and they're going to have to go on a heck of a run. And this Sheffield Wednesday team haven't gone on a long winning run for over a year now. Um, and yeah, it doesn't. I just, I just think that you could bring three or four players in in January. Um, and look to try and spark things off and try and get the positivity going and everything. But it, it could just be a tall order for me.
0: I, I think anything other than beating Derby is, is pretty disastrous. Um, I, I just don't see a draw as doing any good at, at all. Um, but the, I, you know, I, I, I do get, I get what you're saying. January is season defining.
1: But if they if they beat Middlesbrough and draw with Derby, then that's that's a, I think you know it extends the long going that'd be all right. But you'd prefer to probably do it the other way around in this instance, wouldn't you? Really, you know, anything against Middlesbrough will yeah. be seen as a bonus with where they are on the table and how Wednesday are performing. Whereas, yeah, Derby's the one you have got to be beating the teams down there with you if you're going to get out of you know, the position that you know Wednesday are in.
0: I look at it that realistically, like Wednesday are not going to survive this season by a healthy number of points. It's going to it's gonna be tight. Come what may, it is going to be tight. And it's entirely possible that, you know, Wednesday and uh, who finishes above between Wednesday and Derby is settled by a point or two points. So surrendering a point to Derby, even though it's only January, could end up being really significant. Um But, you know, it is early to kind of be talking about stuff like that. It's like talking about goal difference in January and stuff doesn't really make much sense. But you're right in terms of the other games in January that January does feel... Like that—that that is season defining. By the end of January, we're going to really know whether or not this season is even worth bothering with. Now, for for the, for the rest of it. So, um, yeah, we will—we'll uh, see what the next two games have in store. Uh, right, that is us done for this week. That's us done for 2020. Um, goodbye and good riddance to uh, to 2020. I think is uh, is fair for us to uh, to say. Uh, we'll be back in 2021. In the meantime, you can catch Dom at Dom and I'm at James Marriott or. Content at the show at dom and james uh, thank you to our gold partners title law solicitors who you can find at titlelaw.co.uk and wednesday picks available to download now and another thousand pounds up for grabs this weekend um thank you for joining us if you like singing the blues please rate and review the show in your podcast app up the owls and we'll see you next year